so okay guys so i think on this one i want to kind of go over some of my more um bigger ideas of what's going on on the um on the mushrooms and just on the psychedelics in general because the same things can be kind of experienced on the lsd although i still think the lsd isn't quite as good as the mushrooms but that's just my opinion um so these are some of my like bigger ideas how to how i've like mapped everything out i guess the psychedelic realm spirit realm whatever you want to call it um just the realm of ideas i guess you could call it also um so i think when you first start taking psychedelics i think at first what you get is just like random kind of hallucinations um visions and stuff like that um like a lot of times when you hear stories on the internet about people that have uh taken mushrooms for the first time they they their stories usually kind of random they're not really sure what's going on things come out of walls and out of closets and they see you know the normal hallucinating stuff but they don't really understand any of it so it seems so random um but i think once you start taking them longer once you start um having taken them multiple times and everything you can kind of get um like a better picture of the fact that wait a minute maybe this isn't random all the hallucinations i'm seeing maybe there's actually like a flow and a story to them whatever i'm seeing maybe there's actually um specific things that i'm seeing for certain reasons um so i think i think the first um kind of the first barrier like if, if you're starting on mushrooms you know and you haven't taken a lot i think the first barrier that you're gonna that you gotta break through is is realizing that the stuff isn't as random as it appears uh it does appear to have stories it does appear to have a flow um there appears to be um certain points that occur you know throughout uh throughout a trip there are certain um what do you call it stages that's what i called them before in the last uh last um podcast i called them stages so there's certain stages to it um so if you can learn about those things and you can recognize them um so that's that's when you break through from it just being like when you're first starting out them just being hallucinations just random stuff then you break into what i call or i i did call the tree of life you is what you break into you break into like um like a set of ideas that you can play around with and you can move around on the tree and um the, the tree is essentially these branches and each branch is a line of thought and once you learn how to do that how to go down the thoughts and follow the branches um you know you can go on any of these thoughts on the tree and the tree though and this is why the tree analogy eventually breaks down is is you want you realize you can go above and beyond the tree so what i did is i was on the tree 
and um, and I was playing around with the ideas on there, and I was trying to find the highest point on the tree. Well, eventually I did find the highest point on the tree, and I realized there was actually much, much more even above the tree. So it's like once you do that, once you can figure out... One of the, oh, one of the things that you have to figure out with the tree, too, is the fact that it has roots and it can go down. So it's like when you're there, when you're... You know, first, like I said, it seems random, and then you realize it's not random. And then you realize where you're at is you're on the tree of life. And so then you realize you can go up or you can go down, and then you realize um, once you get to the top, you can break out beyond just the tree. So the reason, one of the reasons that, like, it's the tree of life and it's not what's above is the tree of life represents like all the thoughts and ideas that would fit within our world our culture our um like how nature works here how science works here and everything like that you're you're sticking to a a, like basically a four-dimensional realm when you're on the tree of life you're sticking to um you know space time as we know it um you're sticking to um, just yeah, but, I mean I don't know. That's the best way to describe it. Just just the scientific realities of our world that we're on right now. So what happens is when you go up to the top of the tree, and the easiest way I found to get to the top of the tree was to go along the Christian God branch. You know, there's there's one of the big branches I found on the tree was you know a Christian branch. Another big branch is like music. Music is a really, really big branch on the tree. So I don't know. I guess it might be possible to break out off the tree going down like the music route or something like that. But um, I'm sure there's a number of ways to get, you know, somewhere close to the top and good enough to where you can jump off. Um, Like I said, for me, it was the God route. And so then once you realize you can jump off of the tree and you can start flying around in space um like basically possibilities open up right so so first on the tree you know you're sticking to like our timeline and everything but once you break off you realize that you could go down different timeline you need to go different thoughts different timelines and in each of those different timelines and everything you could have branching choices that you make and branching choices that other people make and eventually the next part past that is realizing that uh even god could have had different choices when he like started the universe you know you want to go back to the big bang or something like that if you believe in that you go back to that you realize that well the big bang in our universe exploded at a very specific speed in a very specific way and you know, I'm not a science major and I'm not a, you know, astrophysicist or, you know, a quantum physicist or anything like that. But basically, you know, the, the Big Bang occurred in a very specific way. But there's a possibilities of it having exploded in different ways. And so, right, so God had a bunch of different choices that he could have made as well. And so now when you're up there on psychedelics and you're exploring up in the universe and everything like that you're exploring 
multiple universes. You're exploring multiple dimensions, right? And it's really, really easy. Like, the easiest way, you can even do this without psychedelics. Just imagine a universe instead where when the Big Bang exploded, it was just one, um, you know, only one type of element came out of it. And so, basically, you can imagine an entire universe that's just made of water. Or you can imagine an entire universe that's just a diamond. Or you can imagine an entire universe that's just on fire, you know, that's basically one big sun or something like that. You know, you can you can imagine these things. And now, some of these universes don't last long, or some of them wouldn't be very interesting. I mean, you know, you sit there and you think of a, a universe that's entirely diamond-like it seems interesting at first and then you just realize well it'd be really super boring because there'd be nothing to do you know what i mean and so it's not a very fun universe to go exploring in (laughs) um so but then you can sit there and you can really when you start getting to the interdimensional like traveling and everything like that you can really start imagining really complex super complex worlds um, imagine's not really the right word because it's not like you can really you can you can start the ball rolling, but the psychedelics will take you to wherever that place is, right? So, you know, like Terence McKenna talked about this once. You know, he's he's on mushrooms and he said that he would be able to, you know, say something like, what do you say? He said like Art Deco, like you say Art Deco while you're on mushrooms, and then all of a sudden. Like, the visions that start appearing to you are, you know, that type of, you know, art and, um, and, uh, architecture, and it follows along with the theme of whatever you're saying, and so he sits there and he said, oh, say broke, you know, as, as in the, like, the architecture type, um, broke, Anyways, but when you sit there and you say, like, different things like that, or you can say, like, modern paintings or something like that, and, like, the you'll start seeing those things. So the mushrooms, right, will take you to these places um, where you want to go, you know. So Lizard World, right, that's one of the places Terrence McKenna visited, is this Lizard World. So, so if you're sitting there and you're and that's the place you want to go, you know, um, the mushrooms can take you there. And so that's, that's how, that's what like interdimensional travel is, I guess. Now, (laughs) I think, uh, you know, here's where I give my little warning, um, speech again. You don't have to take everything I say seriously. Don't have to take everything I say, um, uh, real or as, as if to say it is, uh, exactly what's going on. Um, I still profess to this day, and I tell the girl all the time, you know, this all could just be in my head. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of language problems. You know, you're trying to explain all this, um, and uh, language breaks down on psychedelics, that's for sure. So, um, but this, this is a good point, though, where I could sit there and I... Um, one of the other things that I've thought about um, that, that really helped me kind of climb up the tree and everything is um, the consequences of basically not believing is what I call it. Um, it's, a, it's, 
it's like a much much better form of like pascal's wager pascal's wager isn't very good like if you're just you know in the real world pascal's wager is actually quite horrible um but uh if you reformulate it to sit there and talk about like well what's the consequences of just going with one direction or not um, if you rephrase it, if you rephrase it and you move it around a little bit, then you can come up with basically what I'm about to say here, which is, you know, the consequences of of, um, of not believing, right? So say you're an atheist and say you believe that, you know, the universe is as it appears and laws of physics are as they currently are, you know, said by, you know, scientists and and evolutionists at the moment. So the consequences of that are that the universe will eventually, you know, just die out. Like Earth will die out like way before the universe does, but eventually the whole universe will just die out, you know. It'll um it'll just keep expand- expanding until there's nothingness, right? Until everything rips apart. And um when that happens, right? Then everybody just dies. You're just going to die. Nothing happens. There's no afterlife. So in that case, there's no um, – anything that you do in life wouldn't actually matter, right? Because in the end, everybody ends up in the same place, and it doesn't matter. It, do, it just – like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much suffering there is in the world. Like that wouldn't matter if if you truly believe that there wasn't, wasn't like a god basically or you don't believe that there's any like consequences, like just consequences in the end, right? Um, so, so instead, instead of believing that, or, or, not, not that, uh, I'm trying to rephrase this just right in the way that it is in my head, it's the idea that, well, you can do whatever you want anyways, because it doesn't matter, because there is no God, so why not just believe there's a God anyways, because you don't know, you know, you can't say one way or the other anyways, as is. So, basically, if you're on the tree of life or you're in the psychedelic realm, the idea of there not being God or there not being a, um, you know, consequences for your actions or anything like that, it just leads to a dead end. It leads to a dead end where you just fall off, where nothing matters where nothing exists where you know none of it's real or anything and so it's just it's a dead end it's like a, an end to the entire trip basically i mean or any of the trips or anything like that so instead if you go along the line of thinking that there is a god you can just go much, much further with it, you know? It becomes, you know, this explorative tool where you're exploring the entire other worlds where other people exist and where other things exist and, um, you know, entities are real and you can interact with them. And um, it's just such a bigger, bigger more complex world now that doesn't necessarily mean it is real but um you know realistically there'd be 
no difference in the outcome in the end if you believe that it is real or it isn't real. If you believe that it isn't real and it isn't real, if that's for sure, then there's just no consequences to you believing it's real anyways. So your better bet would be to believe that it is real. So I hope that made sense. Um, it does sound a lot like Pascal's Wager, and I'm not a fan of Pascal's Wager. Um, but like I said, I don't think Pascal's Wager is – well, I don't think a lot of people think it out too far anyways, but I don't think it – I think it is very um, limited to just kind of this world. But uh, I think the psychedelics, though, kind of change things. You know, a lot of people, they take psychedelics and they say, hey, look, right here, here's here's proof. Here's absolute proof that there's, you know, a spirit realm of some kind, that there's other entities, you know, that are non-physical that you can't see, you know, um, while you're sober at least. So, yeah, um, I'm going to take a look at a few other things here. Mm. Oh... Yeah, I wrote this down. Um, in regards to the whole realm of possibilities and everything, and this is kind of how we can fit this all back into the Bible and fit it fit, fit it back into Christianity, so that we're still within our um, we're still within our religious framework and everything without having to break any rules or anything like that. Okay, so like standard Christian. Um, theology would say, like, God knows everything, right? Um, it also says God is everything, right? So if God knows everything and he is everything, it would make sense that he knows it all and is it all because he created it all, right? So he created it all and he watches it all and he knows it all and he is it all. Uh, I don't know about the the him being it all but it all coming from him i guess would be would be the right way to say um so if if that's true right and he's outside space and time right that that's a given that's one thing that comes straight from like christianity is just god doesn't exist in time and space he's he because because he created time and space so he had to be from outside of time and space so anyways um since he's outside of time and space why would we believe that he only created one world? Like, it's it's so small, you know, at least for him, you know. For him, if he can do anything, he can create anything, surely... Oh, and, and he's outside of time, so he has no, you know, he's been there forever, and he'll be there forever, and... So why wouldn't he just create like tons and tons and tons of universes as long as um as long as they don't uh you know have any paradoxes or anything like that I guess you could say although I sit there I kind of started to think you know he he probably could contradict himself if he wanted to he could also probably you know create paradoxes on his own if he wanted to because I think paradoxes and um, contradictions only occur inside our space and time, you know, universe. So I, it's possible outside of space and time that paradoxes and 
contradictions can just occur anyways. But I, I don't know about that. But anyways, the point is, right, why wouldn't he just make infinite universes? Why wouldn't he just make infinite possibilities? And um, So I think that that sounds more reasonable. I think it does fit in the Bible. Um, so... Uh, well, let's see. What else did I write down here? I wrote down a bunch of notes and everything for this podcast. Like I said, these are some of the bigger, weirder kind of ideas that I'm playing around with. I like Some of these I might not have formed out as well as I would like. Um, I guess this is just me trying to get some of them out to see how well any of them stick. Um, so... Uh, uh, this is pretty obvious, I think. This one, this is one of the lower lower ones, though. It, it, basically, your body's like a car, right? I know other people have talked about this before. So your body's a car. Your soul is what's inside the body that's driving the body, right? So your soul's like a person getting in a car and driving the car. And so um, that fits in with like what the what the Bible says, where you know they say your body is a temple. Right? So it's... The body is basically just a dwelling place for your soul. And then your soul controls the body, right? Body's a machine. You know, the ghost in the machine. That's the that's the common phrase. The ghost in the machine. Um, so... You have this soul and everything. So I think what happens on psychedelics... And I think this is... Um, I've already said this before, I guess. As... Uh, your soul basically can have a chance to be free from the body. It's like it's like parking the car and getting out of the car. So what you're doing on psychedelics is you're you know, you're parking the body and then you're getting out of the body. And if the body if you do it properly, you know, you, you leave the body and your soul can go do what it usually does when it's doing its soul like stuff. It can fly around, go throughout time and space and possibilities universes so when people talk about interdimensional travel you know people on psychedelic forms and stuff like that when they're talking about interdimensional travel that's what they're talking about they're talking about when you're on psychedelics and you learn how to leave your body and you learn how to like control that that soul then you can go wherever you want to go um I also talked um last time I was um on, let's see last time I was with me and my girlfriend and we were or and I was I was up in the up in the clouds um we were talking about the wavelengths this is something that me and the girl like to talk to each other we call it wavelengths because there are sometimes when me and her are on the same wavelength and when that's happening me and her are thinking the same way we're understanding each other we're moving together like our goals are aligned and everything like that but when we're off on our wavelengths when one of us starts drifting away from the other or something like that you know it's the wavelengths separating and they come back you know so it's like a we want to be on the same wavelength is the idea so i had the theory here when we're talking about these multiple universes and everything like that they're probably intersecting in all sorts of different waves you could imagine 
you know, you draw like a squiggly line going across a piece of paper, and then you draw another squiggly line going across the paper, maybe from a different direction. Um, where they intersect is where universes intersect. And then you can draw like a spiral line on the paper, and wherever that spiral line intersects with the other um, universes, that's where they intersect with each other. It's like where they like line up, where like things are together coming together you know or they mirror each other or they you know they pass through each other and maybe that's like you know when you're seeing entities or talking to entities or something like that maybe that's what it is it's other you know interdimensional travelers that are just coming on close by or something like that or the reflection of someone in another universe or something like that could be something like that or they could be here i'm not for sure this is a couple ideas um, that one's clearly not as fleshed out, and I obviously need to work on that one a little more. But I do like the idea of these wavelengths. Um, it does kind of... It takes the idea of, um, of like, these points in space and instead makes them more like moving point or moving, yeah, lines, moving threads, I guess, that, uh, that intersect with each other. Because one of the you have a couple problems with thinking of some of these universes. You could imagine there's an infinite amount of universes that are just absolutely 100% identical to ours. You could also imagine an infinite amount of universes that are you know just slightly different than ours, um, and then you can also imagine an infinite amount of universes that are radically different than ours you can imagine an infinite amount of universes that are hellish you can imagine an infinite amount of universes that are heavenly and so it's really interesting to kind of figure out you know whereabouts our universe is in comparison to where like other universes can be so if you can kind of like start to map out some of that i think that's what what me and the girl have been doing is, is we kind of we kind of study like you, you use like science you, I, I listen to like a lot of science like lectures and podcasts and stuff like that throughout the day and some of it's a lot more like grounded into and into this world and very sober like you know quantum like I don't know quantum physics and um and uh just that kind of stuff is i'm listening to that throughout the day what that stuff does is it is it maps out this world it maps out this universe um and so if you can map out our world and our universe you can compare it to other universes that are around us and see what the difference is and then um hopefully that'll be able to help you figure out a direction you would like to go in <laughs> you know while you're on psychedelic so anyways so it's really interesting to actually listen to like you know science lectures and stuff like that as well um one thing i thought about is if we are like um th this is another one that's maybe not quite as well thought out but um, because I did run into a paradox with it, but anyway, I'll, I'll get to that in a second here. Okay, so if we are infinite 
like beings or interdimensional travelers or whatever or something like that. If our soul, you know, goes out of our body and then is just free after that and can go back to doing whatever it usually does. Um, how do you know, like, the people around you are the actual people around you? And that they're who you want to... Like your loved ones, you know? Like me and the girl. So when me and the girl die, we're probably going to die at different times. And we're probably going to be able to go wherever we want to go. If I wanted to meet back up with her, how would I know that it's her? And not just like another girl similar to her from a different universe. How do I know that it's the same girl? And so I sit there and I came up with this idea of having like little markers little things that we would say or express um that once you get these like clues like these are like code words i guess you could say like i would say something very specific to her and then she would say something very specific back and by knowing what those things are we can make sure that we are the same people from the same universe the only problem i it's kind of like in Rick and Morty where um, each Rick is assigned like a number. Like, uh, you know, he says he's Rick from, you know, C13 or something like that, you know. Um, when they do that, um, that's how they identify themselves and what universe they're from. So here's the problem, though. Like I said before, I you could imagine a infinite amount of universes that are identical to ours or only slightly identical to ours as in where all of our markers would still be the same anyways so that turns into a problem but eh, then you kind of come up with the idea that like you know what would be the difference I don't know I'm not really for sure so that's a that's something that needs to probably be developed a little bit more, but that's uh, one of the ones I'm working on. Uh, one of the things that I think um, here's this is a little bit more advice for anybody that's not quite there yet or is on their way there or is having problems getting there. One of the easiest ways to get up there is if you've experienced loops before if you've experienced time warping before and if you've done that and you've experienced them on a bad trip it's really easy to see afterwards that the bad trip is 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 your fault right um that's something that's all I, I have to believe that that's something that almost anybody can figure out. Like, it's, it seems so self-evident. If you have a bad trip, the bad trip is your fault. Um, it's not... It's not random. There was something you did that caused the bad trip. Or there's something that you could have done better that would have caused a good trip. And so once you realize this... And once you realize the loops... Because I know the feeling of where you feel like you're stuck in the loops and you feel like you're going to be stuck in there for eternity and you feel like you've already been there for years. Um, I've had that. I've had that so many times where I, where I have literally been stuck in loops for years. Um, and, uh, when you are stuck in the loops, the thing that I realized was 
instead of creating a hellish experience, you know, a bad experience, you can just create a good experience. Because once again, like I said, the bad trip was your fault. So a good trip, that means a good trip is also your fault. You know, so if you have a good trip, if you make sure that your trip is right, this is why I say that it's so important to do like the ceremonies, do the, um, you know, the, the rituals kind of, and the, you take it seriously and you, um, have a routine that you go through when you trip. And if you have that, what you can basically do is you can create a heaven loop is what you're doing. You're creating, I'm not saying this is like anything compared to like, uh, you know, like paradise, heaven, you know, as described in the Bible or anything like that. But you, you basically you create a a situ uh, or a moment in time. Your loop. This is your loop. You're creating your loop. You know when you create it, this moment in time that you're going to be stuck in. Just make it a great one. You know, make it as good as possible, right? And that's what it. That's what the ceremony and the trip room and that's what it all is it's this wonderful relaxing place that i've created where i've made it beautiful where you know i've done everything to you know call forth you know the the good entities and angels and spirits or whatever whatever you want to call them um language breaks down and some of these words don't sound as nice as they should sound to like a fundamentalist christian they sound hokey and weird or they sound bad but they're not necessarily um the the thing is what they call an angel they have to realize is the same thing that we call an entity or the same thing that we call a spirit it's just it's a let's say it's something that's non-physical or it's a creature or a personality that's non-physical, a consciousness that's non-physical uh, that you can interact with. And so some of them are probably on the side of God. Some of them are probably not on the side of God. Some of them are probably neutral, you know, and that's what these entities are that are described in the Bible. So it fits. It fits. It's not like I'm going against um, like fundamental Christianity here. I'm still in line with it. I feel... Um, and I have a hard time believing anybody can convince me otherwise. Um, you know, they sit there, like, if you want to actually read the Bible where they're talking about, you know, seeing, you know, seraphim and oraphim and, uh, you know, the angels, every angel that appears always says, fear not. Well, why does it say fear not? Because he looks fucking crazy, you know, (laughs) that's why. (laughs) So, um, because that's what they are. Um, you know, entities are, can be crazy looking and a little scary and, um, you know, but that's, uh, that's biblical. So I don't think there's a disconnect there. Um, I guess I'm kind of rambling towards the end here. Um, I started off like really, um, really hard going there, but I hope it all made sense. Let me see if there's anything left on my notes here. I think I got through all of it. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't gotten beyond the tree... Well, first of all, it's important to recognize where you're at. Figure out where you're at when you're in the psychedelic realm, okay? When you take the mushrooms and you're there, 
your I think the first thing you need to do is 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 try to try to see patterns and try to figure out where you're at on the tree or where you're at in space or where you're at you know with your hallucinations or on the um like I said the uh oh what was the damn word I used anyways just try to figure out where you're at on the when you're when you're tripping and if you can get that down you can learn how to control it you can learn how to go back and forth or up and down you can learn how to move in that space and you can be in control one of the things that they sit there and they I had heard when I, before I started taking mushrooms is a lot of people said that oh, you're not in control at all. That, you know. well, the people that say that are people that haven't actually explored the mushrooms a lot, that haven't gone to that next level, that haven't actually taken them you know, multiple weeks you know, in a row for months. And, you know, I mean, for a while I, I took them every two weeks for, oh God, I don't even know how long. But, uh, yeah, if you can do that, if you can, um, figure out where you're at, it, it, it's a, it, it's a great helpful way to learn a little bit more about it. And, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, um, I have thought a little bit about the, on Buddhism, I do want to bring this up and I think the Buddhists got it wrong. They think that, um, when you reach, um, there's one Buddhist that I talked to on the forums who thinks that once you get past like all the all the stuff, all the universes and everything like that, that there's like a nothingness out there. And um, I don't think that's correct because I think there's an infinite amount of things for you to do, right? Because there's an infinite amount of universes and there's also an infinite amount of universes that are different from each other so there's so much for you to do and see with inside um those parameters that there's no need for you to go beyond into a nothingness state i don't think the nothingness state would it has absolutely no appeal um in comparison to a universe that has you know everything in it you know i mean you could imagine you could imagine that you find like a water world with nothing but tropical beaches and uh, you could spend the entire time um there you know you could just you could just spend years and years there on like a tropical beach just hopping around from beach to beach sitting there watching the waves go by you've eating tropical food you know just hanging out with your with your loved ones and and talking to them and you could do that forever you could literally do that forever um so there's like no need to go beyond into a uh a realm of nothingness so to speak um yeah if you're hopping around i mean man you could just you could just think of any world it's amazing that you can do this sober once you've once you've gone that far on psychedelics and it's it's more concrete you can really think of almost anything you can just thinking of any fantasy world any 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 movie that you've ever watched any um picture you've ever seen any any of it all of it could be 
absolutely 100% real because there, if there's an infinite amount of possibilities, there's a universe where it would be so, you know. There's probably even – there would also have to be universes that have more or less um, dimensions, not, not, not in the dimension where I'm talking about different worlds but different different dimensions like uh like 2d versus 3d you know versus 4d we live in a 4d world obviously right we got up down left right forward back and then we have time time only moves in one direction for us here while we're sober but um you can imagine a you know a 3d world or a 2d world you can imagine a a 5d world you know they they say actually they say that our our world actually has 11 dimensions um quantum mechanics and stuff like that but uh that's not what we experience when we're sober we only experience uh, the four dimensions but you can imagine another world where you experience the the uh, fifth dimension or sixth dimension or seventh dimension so on and so forth and uh yeah so i mean it's interesting i mean i just it's amazing, like, there's, like, a, I mean, there's a, a superhero universe, there's a Mar- Marvel universe, a DC universe, there's a, you know, there's a universe of where you're the only superhero, there's a universe where, there's a universe where everybody is just you, where they all look exactly the same as you, they all act like you, they all talk like you, they all are you, um... There's a universe where <laughs> there's a universe made of couches. There's a universe made of beds. There's a universe where everybody's a dog. There's a universe where you know it just goes on and on and on. And 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 since I'm sober right now, you notice a lot of the worlds that I'm coming up with are are, are pretty simple. They're much more simple than ours. But when you're on the psychedelics, you can go to worlds that aren't so simple that are much more complex and i mean that's the crazy thing like some of your visions and dreams you know that you have after having taken psychedelics they're just they're so complex they're like okay i'll finish off here with the dream i had last night actually i had two dreams so one was um i was I was a lieutenant on a, like, a battleship, but it was a battleship that had been converted into a passenger ship, so people would basically get on it, and they'd be able to uh, kind of experience what it's like sailing on a on a battleship, you know, it was kind of fluffed up and everything like that, and I was in charge of three other lieutenants that were below me, and, um, and so, like, it was so complex, like, the workings of the ship... And I could just go anywhere on the ship, and and I could talk to the people, and there were people with their own lives, they were walking around, and um, it was just so, so complex. It was way beyond anything that I can just imagine, like, off the top of my head right now while I'm so- sober and awake. I can't imagine such a place. Like, it's it, that's how complex it was. And then my second dream was this, um, it was, I was basically playing a video game, <laughs> similar kind of to Skyrim um but the complexity of it was that I could do all sorts of weird things in there like uh you know 
I could, uh, I had infinite lives, I could reverse time and make time speed up, and I could, um, I could increase the damage on weapons, and, uh, it was just, it was so complex, it was something that I can't, I can't think up in as short of time sober and awake you know I can't it would take me days to come up with all the complex things I was looking at in that uh in that dream um so my intuition here is saying that basically what it's doing is the psychedelics and these these vivid dreams are actually showing you another world like an actual world that's out there somewhere an actual possibility because like i said god has infinite amount of time to make whatever he wants to make and so you can easily picture there's a there's a universe where he takes you you know and puts you over there in that dream world of yours and it actually plays out and um see the soul might be the the thing the connection thing the soul might be the thing that God can use to move around, but in order to keep the worlds consistent, you know, he, he, your soul, when it's playing inside one world or another, can forget about the other worlds, depending on which world you're in. So in this world, in our world, it would make sense that your, your consciousness, your soul, doesn't remember as much as it did before but as soon as you leave your body you'll probably remember a lot more that you used to do or whatever you did before and you'll you'll think of this as a fun crazy experience you know that you did something like that i'm not i'm not quite for sure like i said some of these ideas that i've thrown at you tonight they need more um they need much more uh development i guess you could say um but there's some of my bigger ideas that i've been playing with lately and so um if anybody like to you know uh give me some you know ideas or some help me out with any of these ideas or if anybody has any questions or anything like that uh, i'm gonna start giving out my email on these um the email is just divine psilocybin at gmail it's the same way that i spell it you know, the podcast, if you're looking at the podcast title, you know, or whatever the the account, it's just divine psilocybin. It's just one word, divine psilocybin at gmail.com. So, yeah, so if anybody wants to get a hold of me, everyone wants to talk, you know, um, that'd be great. And I'm also always on those discords on the Quentin experiment. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to figure out who I am on there, but <laughs> if you can, um, then, uh, yeah, I'm down to talk on there too. So, all right, guys, thanks. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this one does. This one was a real, little rambly, a little bit, a uh, little bit extreme, but uh, hopefully you guys liked it. So, thanks very much.